Patients that undergo bariatric surgery may expect to lose up to 35% of their body weight in the first year. But what if that doesn't happen? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. David Sarwer, the Director of Clinical Services at the Center for Weight and Eating Disorders at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. Welcome to ReachMD, David. Thank you, Dr. Lunt. What percentage of people do have a suboptimal weight loss following their bariatric surgery? Well, in general, bariatric surgery is the most powerful tool that we have for the treatment of obesity. And while people define success after bariatric surgery quite differently, it seems that the vast majority of patients, probably about 80%, experience the typical outcome where they lose anywhere between 25 to perhaps 35% of their weight. On the flip side of that, we do see somewhere between 15 and 20% of patients who have suboptimal weight losses. And that's either defined as individuals who don't lose as much weight as would have been anticipated or who lose weight and and reach the projected weight loss within the first 18 to 24 months after surgery, but then start to regain their weight rather rapidly. So it's not that they don't lose the weight, they just regain the weight they do lose? It can be a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And in most of the cases where that happens, it seems like it is a behavioral issue and not a surgical one. That is, if patients... Mm -hmm don't learn how to follow this very rigorous post-operative diet and change their eating behaviors, they may not lose the projected weight. And then alternatively, some patients are very successful and reach their projected weight loss, but then in a matter of years, go back to some of their old eating habits that got them into trouble in the first place and then start to regain their weight. It's hard to imagine a parallel where surgery then requires behavioral change in addition to the actual operation. What type of follow-up exists in most bariatric surgery programs? Well, it it depends a lot on the type of procedure. With the gastric bypass procedure, which is still the most popular procedure in the United States, typically patients are seen within the first week or two after surgery and then oftentimes seen again anywhere from three to six months after surgery. And then the recommendation is to be seen annually thereafter. With the banding procedures, the follow-up is different because the band can actually be ingested throughout the year. And so the follow-ups are a little more rigorous and that patients are typically recommended to come back about once a quarter, so on average about three to four times a year, to have their band adjusted, whether they feel like they're eating too much food and they're regaining their weight, or if they're in fact not losing as much weight as they had hoped to. Unfortunately, there's evidence that suggests that with both procedures, a lack of follow-up is associated with poor outcomes, that patients who lose the most weight are the ones who are following up regularly, whereas those who are lost to follow-up and oftentimes very quickly after surgery are, in fact, not as successful several years after surgery. And, in fact, the American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery just in late October did a Harris poll where they called both patients and surgeons and, in fact, found those exact findings, that patients who were following up regularly after surgery and were compliant with the recommendations were more successful in the long term. So how about post-op malnutrition? How often is that a problem? You know, it's surprising. Post-op malnutrition hasn't been studied anywhere near as frequently as most people would expect. And I think that this is part of what we're seeing with the blossoming of bariatric surgery within the last decade, that as it's become more and more popular, it's becoming a much more popular topic Mm -hmm. for research among individuals in hospitals and medical centers. The estimates are that somewhere between 10 and 20% of patients suffer from some forms of malnutrition after bariatric surgery. Now, the severity of that and the implications of that 
do seem to vary, that you know, for most healthy, fully mature and grown adults, some issues of malnutrition may not be particularly severe, may not necessarily be detected unless, in fact, you know, you've got a physician who's specifically looking at it. But most bariatric surgery programs also have patients who have to be hospitalized because they're malnourished and they're chronically vomiting and they can't keep food down and they're not adherent to the post-operative diet at all. It does seem like, though, that it's of a greater concern for the growing number of young adults who are having surgery. So whether we're talking about some teenagers or whether we're talking about individuals in their you know, early 20s, the concerns about malnutrition, I think, are perhaps even greater if they're not done developing or in the case of women, if they're thinking about having children. Now, what effect do post-op GI symptoms have? Well, the most common GI symptoms that patients have, one phenomenon is called plugging. And, and the best way to describe that is just that individuals eat too much food too quickly that either gets overfills their gastric pouch if they've had the bypass procedure or gets stuck around their band if they've had a banding procedure. And the analogy that I give to patients is it's a little bit like having a hair clog in your bathroom sink. You don't necessarily know you have a hair clog until that water starts backing up in the Mm -hmm. basin. You won't know that you're plugged and you have a full pouch or you've got food stuck in your band until either the food starts backing up on you or you start getting this intense pressure and pain in the middle of your chest. To resolve that, many patients unfortunately have to resort to self-induced vomiting that they either have to make themselves vomit that food up or, in fact, they have to lay down until the food passes. But as you can imagine, either one is a pretty disruptive part of anybody's day. Mm -hmm. With the gastric bypass procedure, the other concern is something called gastric dumping. And this seems to occur when patients eat large amounts of sugar and or fat, which then causes a severe diarrhea in these patients, that their small intestine just has a difficult time digesting those foods. And it's really a wonderful example of aversive conditioning. It's really your body's way of telling you that you shouldn't be eating that much sugar. If patients respond to it, they make an appropriate behavioral change, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. David Sauer. We are discussing the problem of suboptimal weight loss following bariatric surgery. So plugging and dumping are are different GI symptoms. What about untreated eating disorders? Seems to me, of course, I'm a psychiatrist, that perhaps the reason that they were obese to begin with is because they have binge eating disorder or any of the other eating disorders. If we don't address that, what likelihood do they have of actually getting better? Yeah, and that's that's one of the million-dollar questions in the field right now. When we're talking about the eating disorders in bariatric surgery, it's very rare that we see somebody with full-out bulimia. And, I, you know, the, the studies that have been done as well as my clinical experience suggests that, you know, we see somebody who's binge eating and purging or engaging in another compensatory behavior only in about 1% to 2% of cases. The more common disorders you alluded to is, in fact, binge eating disorder, where individuals eat this very large amount of food and then don't engage in that purging or compensatory behavior. Early studies in the literature suggested that, you know, up to 30 to 40 to 50% of all bariatric patients had some form of binge eating disorder, and clearly they overeat in order to become extremely obese. But the reality is if you rigorously apply that diagnostic criteria, the true rate of binge eating disorder is probably much lower, probably somewhere between 5 and 15% Mm. where patients are doing it regularly, you know, for long extended periods of time. I also think that's a function of that we've just realized 
that when patients get to three and four and 500 pounds, they actually have to eat very large amounts of food in order to meet their metabolic demands. So for some people, it would seem like a ridiculously large amount of food, but for them, you know, eating six pieces of pizza is what they have to do to satisfy their hunger and to get their energy requirements. The question, though, about the the binge eating disorder is, well, what's the implications on long-term follow-up? And there's some evidence that suggests that patients who have a pre-op history of binge eating disorder are more likely to have a suboptimal outcome, that they in fact go back to some of those maladaptive overeating behaviors after surgery. And while the surgery may limit the amount of food that they can eat, they do still feel this loss of control over their ability to, to really eat appropriate portion sizes. And doing that repeatedly over time can lead to weight regain or, in some cases, increased rate of the self-induced vomiting. What role does disordered body image play? Well, many patients who present for bariatric surgery, not surprisingly, report a tremendous amount of body image dissatisfaction. And whether that's because, you know, they really are very unhappy with what they see when they look in the mirror or they have a difficult time finding clothes that fit or in more profound circumstances where they feel like they're being stigmatized or discriminated against because of their excessive size. We often, just like with other aspects of psychosocial status, we see nice improvements in body image within the first few years after surgery, and in some cases within the first few months. So as patients lose weight, their body image improves. However, one of the issues that's, again, one of the million-dollar questions in bariatric surgery right now is we're also seeing a large number of patients who, as they lose weight, are showing high rates of dissatisfaction with what's now loose and hanging skin, Mm. that as they've lost the weight, the fat has more or less melted away, but now their skin is sagging and empty. And as some patients, I think, vividly described it to me, they they feel like they look like a melted candle. And they have all this excess skin that they have to camouflage and tuck into clothing and so on. And as a result, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 60,000 individuals a year who have experienced a massive weight loss are now turning to body contouring surgery with plastic surgeons to address that dissatisfaction. Wow. Now, are they told this beforehand? Uh, You know, it seems like something you probably have to budget for. I can't imagine insurance would pay for it. You're absolutely right. And interestingly, it's a question that not only do programs bring up, but programs often bring it up prior to surgery in part because the patients bring it up. Mm -hmm. So we did a survey of patients a few years ago where we actually found that 95% of patients, even before bariatric surgery, were thinking about body contouring procedures. So I think these patients know when they think about the bigger picture of how bariatric surgery is going to impact their lives, many of them are thinking, all right, I'm going to have the bariatric procedure, I'm going to lose weight, that may cause some loose and hanging skin that I find dissatisfying. And as a result, they do start saving money for those body contouring procedures, oftentimes before the bariatric procedure has even taken place. Now, my other question is about post-op medications. And I know in my practice, I've had several patients who've had the surgery and then post-op, their antidepressants don't seem to work as well. That We've had to investigate what happens, especially with the controlled release medications, to the blood levels and whatnot following surgery. And your observation is exactly what I'm hearing from other psychiatrists, both regionally and nationally, when I go and, and talk about these issues. Unfortunately, there's very little data or evidence out there to really guide us in this regard, and that we don't know an awful lot about how those medications should or or need to be changed or altered. And I think it really underscores the important point of 
both A, the patients continuing an ongoing dialogue with their psychiatrists or if they're receiving those medications from their primary care physician about how those symptoms can change or will change. And then also, you know, it really underscores the importance of more research to look at how those medications need to be altered postoperatively, given that 40% of bariatric patients are on psychiatric meds prior to surgery. So this, again, is another critically important issue that researchers are just beginning to look at. And I think can also be further complicated by the fact, as we've been talking about, that in general, patients report improvements in psychosocial status. So as they're losing weight and they're feeling better about because they're healthier and they look better, you know, how much of that is attributed to weight loss? How much of that, therefore, requires a medication change? Whether Does it? Does it not? And so on. And these are all, unfortunately, unanswered questions at this time. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Absolutely, Dr. Lund. It was a pleasure. Thank you. We've been speaking with Dr. David Sauer from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, Center for Weight and Eating Disorders Program. We've been talking about some of the problems following gastric bypass and other sorts of bariatric surgeries. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening.